And we're going to have another song. And then Brother Sharp, after this song, is going to come and say some words as well.
Well, Miss Barbara certainly had a, an anchor, didn't she? She had the Lord, and uh, what a blessing it is to know that uh, she could face life and even the hard times and even face eternity uh, unafraid because she knew the Lord as her Savior. Um, Bob Sharp, I was her pastor, Brother Jack and Miss Barbara joined our church in Crane, at Crane Bible Baptist. Many years ago, that was in the 90s, wasn't it? 97. Some of you hadn't quite discovered America yet, but <laughs> at any rate, um, we're, we're, I'm honored to be here. And I appreciate uh, such, a, such a great number of folks uh, here to acknowledge uh, Miss Barbara and all that she meant to you and means to you. And Brother Jack, you're my friend, brother, and I appreciate you so much and your family. Um, I'm going to share an obituary and then some, some thoughts about Miss Barbara and some that were written by their family. But I want to start with, with Psalm 46, verses 1 and 2. It says there, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, will not we fear... Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with the swelling thereof, Selah. Whatever happens in this life, God is our refuge. Whatever happens to you, God is your refuge. If you trust Him as your Savior, uh, you have an anchor to hold your life. Um, I want to share with you just the, um, the, you have one of these with you if you do. We're going to read that together and I'll, I'll read it and then we'll share a few more things. Barbara Ann Robinson of Clever, Missouri went home to be with her Lord, with her loving family by her side on November 3rd, 2023. Barbara was 74 years old. She was born December 8th, 1948 in Odessa, Missouri to Alan and Amanda Murray Major. Barbara was one of eight children in the home. She graduated from Wellington High School in 1966, and she married Frank Alavedo, who brought four children, Frank Jr., Annette, Angela, and Bernadette, to the marriage. Frank, uh, Barbara and Frank were blessed with four additional children, Stormy, Anthony, Stephanie, and Joseph. In 1985, Frank and Barbara divorced, and on August 13th of 1994, Barbara married Jack Robinson, and Jack brought three additional daughters, Jaylene, Rebecca, and Alicia, uh, to the family. Barbara loved being a mom, a grandmother, and a great-grandmother, and she was a devout Christian who attended Crimson Avenue Baptist Church for many years. She was also an amazing artist and seamstress. And uh, by the way, you have 29 grandchildren. That's a houseful, amen? amen? They can fill this place up just by themselves. So an amazing family. Barbara was preceded in death by her parents, her son Anthony Alavedo, siblings Aubrey Major, Mary Nash, stepson Frank Alavedo Jr., and the granddaughter Madison Diane Hayes. She survived by her loving husband of 29 years, Jack, children Stormy and Gary Mahon, 
Stephanie and Daniel Hayes, Joseph Alavedo, uh, Annette, uh, and Dennis Ramsey, also Angela, Tim Robinson, Bernadette Alavedo, Jaylene Puckett, Rebecca and Michael Garcia, Alicia and J.R. Pando, and siblings, Leanne Smith, Rose O'Dell, Wanda Thomas, and John Allen Major, and Roxy Williams. As I mentioned, 29 grandchildren, 19 great-grandchildren, as well as a host of nephews and friends and other family members. Uh, I think we ought to really remember this family in prayer, too, because not only did Miss Barbara pass on uh, the third, but then their birth father passed yesterday, Frank. And so remember them in prayer, if you will, because that's certainly a, a, double, a double set of grief for their family. I want to share with you the eulogy of, of uh, that Angela shared with us. She said, and they, I believe the family would echo these things. Um, Thank you all for coming today. Your presence brings warmth and comfort to each of us as we grieve the loss of Barbara Robinson, a wife, a sister, a mother, grandmother, and friend. Barbara loved the Lord with all her heart. She became a Christian at a young age. Her steadfast belief in Christ sustained her through many challenges in life. She was a great example to her children and to all who knew her. A few years ago, she was privileged to travel to Israel while, and while there, she toured Jerusalem and it was a trip of a lifetime for her. She was there where her Lord and Savior walked. What a thrilling event for her. She came home with loads of pictures and stories to match. And think of the joy he, she felt and now compared that to the wonder that she witnesses now. I can't help but think of the, long, of the song became famous by Mercy Me, I Can Only Imagine. In particular, the writer asked a question, surrounded by your glory, will my, well, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still or stand still? Will I stand in your presence or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? Barbara no longer has to wonder. She now has the answer to each of these questions. When she started out in life, she had dreamed of becoming a mother and a stewardess. Becoming a stewardess entailed moving to Chicago attending and attending stewardess school. While there, she worked at an Emory Air Freight as a secretary, and this is where she would meet her first husband, Frank Alavedo. And Frank was a package deal. He came with four young children. Frankie, Annette, Angela, and Bernadette. Barbara soon became the mother of these children, and she and Frank had four more children, Stormy, Anthony, Stephanie, and Joseph. And they were both heavily invested in making sure their children were raised properly with a hard work mentality, manners, and responsibility to each, to each other. Barbara was an excellent homemaker and even better seamstress. Quite often, she would sew the clothes for their kids. Each year, the church uh, would have an old-fashioned day, and Barbara would be busy herself with making old-fashioned dresses and bonnets for the girls. And she would often be found pinning a pattern or cutting fabric. She passed this talent on to Annette and Bernadette, something they both enjoyed doing to this day. Saturday night, you would find her in a frenzy. They were, there were baths to be taken, curlers 
bobby pins and hair flying everywhere. Would have been, can you see that, right? Ever got kids ready for church on Saturday night, Saturday night baths and all that? Yeah. She was getting the kids ready for Sunday services, every hair in place, nary a wrinkle in their clothes, and Anthony was spit-shined and as handsome as ever. Time passed and the family would eventually move to Missouri. As life does, it can get complicated, and Frank and Barbara were divorced. Barbara found herself a single mother with seven, children, seven kids ranging from toddlers to teenagers. This was a new world for her and many challenges ensued. She worked hard to keep her kids warm, clothed, and fed, and she was a true example of grit. Perhaps one of the funniest things she would do is to keep Joseph in line. <laughs> I can't imagine this. Jack brought three, you know, um, he was always um, getting out of line. She would threaten him, I'm going to take you to DFS and turn you in. <laughs> he always thought that it was funny until one day she put him in the car and started driving there. <laughs> and he shed many tears that day. And she, uh, <laughs> he didn't want to go there. But she never had to threaten him with that again. Moving forward a few years, she would meet her second husband, Jack Robinson. Jack brought three daughters into the marriage, Rebecca, Alicia, and Jaylene. She enjoyed the relationship with each of them, and she and Jack would remain married for 29 years until the date of her passing. During her lifetime, she would be become a mother, a grandmother, a great-grandmother, and a friend to many, including a very special bonus daughter, Michelle Hendricks, to understand just how big her heart was, it would behoove you to know that Michelle's the daughter of her first husband, Frank, and his girlfriend, Benny. You have to be a special kind of person uh, to extend this type of love to others. She loved Michelle and her family with all her heart. No doubt about that. My sisters call it collecting strays. However you, you, however you categorize it, she would all, uh, we all, strive to be more, we should all strive to be more like that. Thank you for writing that. We were getting ready to come here today, adopt our, our son, and um, two of our granddaughters were in Sunday school class, and Miss Barbara was their teacher, and uh, they loved her. She just was a wonderful influence on them in Sunday school. Um, we remember and we even celebrate Barbara Robinson today. It's a sad thing, and yet you must celebrate in some ways how good she was to you and how kind and compassionate and caring she was. Jack and Barbara started coming to our, our church, and, and uh, I met them at their home. They lived just a block or so from the church, and, and they started coming, and Jack gave his life to Christ, and life got a whole lot better. And I want you to know that uh, everyone needs to t make that, that uh, choice in your life, whether to trust Christ or not, to believe in Him, trust Him as your Savior. And moments like this, that means so much. It really does. 
She, she filled a role as a wife, a mother, a grandmother, a sister, a great-grandmother, and she filled those roles well. She blessed her family and her church family by just being there when you needed her. She wore many hats and with grace and talent to make things better. Elaine and I were talking about Miss Barbara and she said, you know, Barbara could always decorate things. She could take something that was just very inexpensive and put together something beautiful. She did that in her home. She did that for us at church and what a blessing. And she was a good cook. You know, we'd have a fellowship. I always looked for Miss Barbara's dessert. She always made a great one. Amen. Good, good, good cook. She had a special touch and she added much to life. Um, she was a hard worker. She was saved by the Lord. She made her, put her faith in Jesus Christ when she was young. And when I talked to her about her life and about that, she was sure she was saved. She was so sure. And, uh, so I want to share with you just a couple of thoughts before my time is up here. I don't want to take all of our pastors. By the way, Pastor uh, Derek has been a blessing to this family. I know they appreciate you. A thought that came to my mind this morning was James chapter 4, where, G, where James said, um, what is your life? What is your life? It's even a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Even though you may live 75 years or 80 or 90 or more than that, really it's a short time, isn't it? When you think about eternity. And um, as you, many of you are now raising your children and watching them grow up, and maybe you have teenagers or maybe you have young adults in your home, it's hard to see that, that uh, the shortness of that journey. It's hard to see the brevity of life until you get farther down the trail and you look at it and you say, well, it is just like a vapor. For a little while, you're here. And so, cherish your loved ones while you have and while you can. Cherish your family while you can. Time and your body will slow you down. Amen? Some of you are louder with that amen than others, but time and things that happen to your body will slow you down. And uh, so when that happens, just remember that pastor that said that, he, he did know that by experience, but make the best use of your opportunities. There's sometimes things will slow you down. The Apostle Paul had a thorn in the flesh and he talked about it in 2 Corinthians 12 and he prayed three times to be taken away. Said, and he said, I prayed thrice that it would be taken away. And the Lord spoke to him and said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. My grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is sufficient for me. And he will be there with us through all the different um, opportunities we have to help. And you may have the, the opportunity to help someone else along life's way as well. Because there are many in this world today that face cancer. They face different options, different things they're dealing with. They face 
uh, health issues of one kind or another. So help someone else along this journey of life and make some good memories today. Make some good memories. It's worth it to make the good ones. And be thankful for every day. Above all, make sure you're saved. Make sure you know the Lord. Be ready. And be sure. Leave no room for doubt. Brother Jack, my friend, we and you, we share our sympathy with you and your family, with all of you who now even after your mother has passed, some of your dad has passed, and Jack has been that stepdad that stepped up, and he still steps up for you, and um, such, such an important role. Well, we share our sympathy with you today, for you, her children, her grandchildren, her great-grandchildren. We extend our prayers and our love to you. Remember, Ecclesiastes tells us to everything there's a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven. And the Bible tells us we can have hope. It tells us in the book of Lamentations, this I recall to my mind, therefore will I have I hope. It is of the Lord's mercies were not consumed because his compassions fail not. They're new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore will I hope in him. May you have hope in him. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we thank you for this blessed family. Lord, they're blessed because they had a wonderful uh, mother, role model, grandmother, great-grandmother, who would also be a friend to them when they needed. Bless each one in this building today, each one that's gathered for this service. And if anyone needs to know you as Savior, I pray in their heart of hearts today that they would trust in you and ask you to be their Lord and Savior today. We ask it all in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
I don't know how well some of you thought you knew your mother or grandmother, but uh, you're going to church today. <laughs> She's, she figured out how to get you here. Amen. Amen. Uh, Brother Jack, I was thinking, you need to go ahead and take discipleship class because you won't have competition. <laughs> and if you take it, she might fall out of heaven <laughs> and say, what is a heathen like you doing this, right? I know that was a, a normal response to whatever you did was something about a heathen, right? Yeah, yeah, amen. <laughs> oh, man. In Hebrews 9.27, it's amazing to me. Uh, me and Brother Sharp, of course, have not spoken about anything uh, on this, on this uh, wise. And uh, I'm thankful how the Lord is weaving some things together. And the song uh, that you heard of the uh, my anchor holds and, and all of these illustrations uh, that have been through a theme. It brought me to my mind to Hebrews chapter 6. Oh, several weeks ago when we were uh, planning this or a couple weeks ago and going through this and I told Brother Jack, I, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm going to be preaching. And Hebrews 9.27 says, it's appointed, As it is appointed unto men once to die and after this to judgment. And if you're kind of like me and you like... Uh, you know, you're kind of a geek about numbers and things like that. If you remember, God told Adam, he said, In the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Right? And he died spiritually that day. And he also died physically that, that day. The death process began. Now think this through. I had to look it up because I like weird stuff like this. And I had to look it up. And, and as much as they can uh, figure, about 100 billion people have come and gone from planet Earth. A hundred billion people. You think about if anybody in here likes statistics, well, those are pretty good odds. For somebody to come out and say, in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, and for the last 6,000 years and over a hundred billion people, that has come to pass. Pretty good stats. Absolutely. Actually, that's a hundred percent accuracy. And we know here today, <laughs> right, that... Uh, Everybody before us has died, and we are going to die one of these days. And as long as the Lord uh, has, has planned for when His coming is, everybody after us is going to die as well. Everybody in this room can be sure of that. It could be tomorrow. It could be in 50 years. But here's the fact of the matter is, no matter what, we are going to die. Brother Sharp uh, mentioned this verse just a little bit ago, uh, James 4.14. It's a great reminder. It's a somber reminder. Whereas you know not what may be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and vanisheth away. You look at the vapor that comes out of a coffee cup, or if you have issues and you have to drink tea, I don't know what those are, but it comes out of that, that tea cup, right? Uh, and and uh, things like that. You watch it. It comes and it goes. It comes and it goes. And when you look back at your life, you realize how quickly it co comes and goes. And that is exactly why we are here this morning. On November 3rd, 2023, Miss Barbara uh, passed from this life. She left her earth suit behind and she stepped into eternity. You know, I was thinking about this and it brought to my mind a life like all of our lives, it brought to my mind the imagery of a ship out at sea. Has anybody ever been on a ship? 
Anybody ever, anybody been on a, a military ship? And yeah, you've been on a ship and you've been out at sea at times. And, and it's, it's, it's fascinating here because in Hebrews chapter 6, the illustration that we're given of life here is a life like a ship out at sea. And listen to these words here, if you would, in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 18, it says that by two immutable things, wherein is it, is, it was impossible for God to lie, we might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold, lay hold upon the hope that is set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and that which entereth into the veil, whether the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made in high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And I want you to notice that this morning. I want to explain this to you and show how it applies in all of our lives. But, but all of our lives are like a ship out at sea. All of our lives are just out in the vast ocean at times. And, and you know, there's days where it can be smooth sailing. It's days when the bank account's great, when the kids are behaving and not having to be taken to DFS. And, uh, and all of these, and, and everything's going well, and, and everything's in place. And, and somebody might say, wow, the planets are in alignment today. This is going on. No, that we have days that are smooth sailing, but we have days, I'm telling you, where the storms come. We have days when there are sunny days, and then we have those days that seem like endless gloom. It seems like the, the clouds will never go away. It seems like it'll never get better. I'm telling you, this is, this is our life as a, like a ship out at sea. I have uh, friends that have been on those uh, ocean vessels in the military, and they have talked about being uh, belted into their bunks. Uh, tied into their bunks, strapped in for days on end in the storms of sea. And, uh, and some of those times, sometimes life feels that way, doesn't it? But boy, but sometimes the clouds clear and the winds blow and, and the sails are opened up wide open. And man, it's just clear sailing. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what kind of ship you're on, right? You, you could be on an aircraft carrier or you could be on the QE2. I don't know if that thing even sails anymore. But if you got all the money in the world, you can go on the QE2. But most of us here in the Ozarks, we might be on a little fishing boat or a John boat or a little sailboat, right? A little sunfish thing. Or listen, you could be on a carnival cruise ship. Uh, just, just a note to those, uh, not the best, anyway, never mind. Uh, you could be on one of those, right? You could be, a, this is your life. This is your life. In Hebrews 6 here, we have a beautiful illustration. God is making some promises. He made promises to Abraham, and he kept those promises. And in verse 18, it says, because why, did, why could God make promises, or why could we rest on the promises of God? Well, verse 18 says, because he can't lie. God is holy. God is sinless. God is perfect. He is light. He is not darkness. He cannot lie. Boy, that's an assurance, and that's an anchor, and that's a hope. Amen. It absolutely is. And he says, because he can't lie, we have a strong consolation. That's the words used here in the verses. A strong consolation. I like definition of words, and I always like to look up words. And that word consolation is the same word that we get for comforter when it's speaking of the Holy Spirit of God. It's that word paraclete or parakletos. It's one who comes alongside you to comfort. Boy, these last few weeks, some of you have had those that have come alongside of you to comfort you. Some of you have turned to the God of heaven whom you have a relationship with and he has come alongside of you and he has comforted you during these times. But in the Bible here it says that it speaks of God has made some 
promises to us. And because of those promises, we have consolation. We have, we have comfort, right, in our life. And it, but it says this, it's a strong consolation. And I love that word because it means mighty. But listen to this. It is speaking of one who has strength of soul to sustain the attacks of Satan. Those of you who are in Christ this morning, you understand what that is, don't you? You understand what it is to be attacked by Satan. And the, 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 the Hebrews is telling us this morning that to those of us who are in Christ Jesus, we have a strong consolation. We, we, because God can't lie, we have a comfort that gives us strength of soul to sustain the attacks of Satan. We have a comfort of soul to help us sustain the storms of life. Storms of life. Yeah. Because he can't lie. So who has this hope? Well, our text tells us in Hebrews 6, those who have fled for refuge. Those who have fled for refuge. Those who realize I need help. Those who realize I'm in trouble. Those who have realized, "Uh uh-oh, I'm taking in water. I'm sinking. Those who realize that one day this boat's going to sink. They have fled for refuge. What does this hope do? Well, our text tells us by the Holy Spirit of God, it tells us that our hope, watch, is an anchor of the soul. Listen to this again, would you please? Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast, and that which entereth into the veil. What are the qualities of our anchor? Here, it just said it. We heard it in the song. Brother, you've mentioned it. It is sure and steadfast. There's nothing worse than an anchor that won't hold. You're in trouble if you have an anchor that won't hold. Our text tells us today that this anchor is sure and it's steadfast. It will not move and it will not break. So notice this, though. Where is the anchor dropped? This is fascinating, really. Because we're told here, it's dropped, it says here, which entereth that within the veil. This, this anchor is dropped within the veil, and it goes on to say, by a forerunner. I've got to explain this to you, because I like this stuff, it's interesting. We don't do this anymore, if you're in shipping today, you don't do this, right? If there's any shipping magnates in here today, we don't do this, Right? Uh, but in the old days, of course, they had ships that all had sails. And when they brought their cargo into harbor, the harbors were too small for these ships. And they couldn't just uh, keep the sails wide open and sail into harbor and have any chance of uh, not only stopping, but navigating through some channels that might be shallower than others. So watch, what they would do is they would stay out to sea and a little ship would come out to that boat and they would drop anchor on that little boat. And that little boat, called the Forerunner, would, he would go back into the harbor and he would drop the ship's anchor in the harbor. And that anchor, which was sure and steadfast, it held that big ship out to the sea until they could get the waters right, until the sails could be dropped, right? And it would stay out there and it would wait. And eventually what would happen, once that anchor was set in harbor within the veil, dropped by the forerunner, once that thing was set, that ship would start reeling in its anchor. And how many, how many, how many of us rednecks used to come along, right? 
How many have changed an engine? Pulling it. Yeah, yeah, amen, yeah. It was, it was pulling it in. It was pulling it in. That anchor was set and that ship would start pulling its anchor in. Watch what it would do. It would start bringing the ship into harbor. Slowly, safely. It would come in and then it would come to dock and it would set. I don't know if you see the illustration here. But it's a beautiful illustration. Here is our life as a ship. It's out at sea. It is, hey, listen, it is out at sea, but listen, the forerunner who the text tells us is Jesus Christ has come and got our anchor, which is an anchor of the soul. He has brought it within the veil. Where is the veil? That's heaven. And he has dropped anchor in heaven. And you know what he's doing? He's reeling us in. Slowly but surely, reeling us in, reeling us in. You know what happens while we're out on sea? Oh, the storms are still coming right? We still have clear days. We still have stormy days. We, listen, in the stormy days, I mean, the ship's all over the place. Our life is like, oh, it's like this all over the place. But you know what's happened while you're bouncing all over the place? If you're in Christ Jesus this morning, you're slowly being reeled in. Hey, your anchor's in heaven, and nothing can affect the position of that ship because the anchor is exactly where it's supposed to be. And one of these days, your life is going to be brought into harbor, safe and secure, for eternity. For eternity. Amen. Can I tell you what this morning? Barbara has safely arrived. At 13 years of age, she came into a relationship with Jesus Christ. And you know what happened that day? She, she came into a relationship with Him. That little boat came out. Jesus came out, took her anchor. Brought it into harbor, dropped harbor, right? And for 60 years, he was pulling that anchor in. That anchor was being pulled in closer and closer and closer. Did she have storms? Oh my, she had storms. She had storms. Did she have gloomy days? Yes, she had gloomy days. Did she have bright sunny days? She had wonderful days. Hey, listen, no matter what life put at her, the anchor was set in heaven and she was being reeled in. She was being reeled in. Why? Why? Her journey was complete. She's safely resting in Jesus this morning. But why? How, how did this happen to her? The bigger question is this morning, if you are not in Christ this morning, how can it happen to you? Because listen, if your anchor is not in Christ Jesus, you're out on sea and you will never come into harbor. No, you'll sink. How did she, listen, how did she drop anchor in Christ? Let me tell you this morning, it's, about, it's because of the gospel. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ. She believed the gospel of Jesus Christ. What is the gospel? Jesus himself said, time is fulfilled. He said, the kingdom of God is at hand. Believe the gospel. Repent ye, he said. Repent ye. And believe the gospel. What does the word repent mean? It means to change mind. If you've been in the military, listen, it means it's an about face. If, 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 let me say it this way. You have believed a bunch of information that you've been living your life, uh, living your life by. The gospel comes to you. The truth of Jesus Christ comes to you. You say, I believe that. You put the old information away that you used to believe. And now you're following the new information that you do believe. That is repentance. And Jesus said, repent ye. And believe the gospel. That word gospel is a compound word. It means good news. That first word that we get there, new, uh, uh, good, it's what we get from the word eulogy. 
It's the Greek word uh, from that we get the word eulogy. It means good. And that word news is the word angelos, messengers. It's a compound word that I can't even pronounce, so I'm just going to tell you what it means. Good news. Barbara believed the good news. Some of you in here have believed the good news. Some of you have not. What is the good news? Well, can I tell you the bad news first? You can't have good news without bad news. The bad news is, as Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 5.12 says, Whereas by one man sin entered in the world, and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Everybody in here in this room, everybody in the sound of my voice, listen, you are a sinner by nature and by choice. Don't forget, your, your mother and your grandmother wanted me to do this, okay, so don't get mad at me. You are a sinner by nature. You are a sinner by choice. I am a sinner by nature. I am a sinner by choice. You say, well, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't ask to be born this way. Well, Bubba, you, you went ahead and proved it by choice, didn't you? How, you know, how many can say, yeah, I'm a sinner. I know it. Come, come on, come on. I raised my hand. Come on. Yeah. Revelation 20, verse 14 through 15 says this. And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And this is the second death. And whosoever's name was not written in the Lamb's book of life, in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Friend, this is bad news. If you're here this morning, you're a sinner by nature, you're a sinner by choice, you raised your hand, you admitted it. Listen, if you're not in Christ this morning, this is the bad news. Your destination, if you close your eyes in death in this life without ever coming to a relationship with Jesus Christ, I, I've got to tell you this morning, your destination is hell. It's hell. But can I tell you there's good news? Imagine how miserable it would be if we left off there and just went home. There's good news. Romans 10, 13, the Bible says, For whosoever, I like that, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Acts 16, 31, the Bible says, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Uh, 2 Timothy 2, 12, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, For I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Here's the good news. You can believe the gospel this morning and put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And listen, the moment you do, your anchor, Jesus Christ will grab that anchor of your soul. He'll take it. He will anchor it in heaven. And nothing can affect your eternal destination the moment you put your trust in Jesus Christ. You say, how do, we, how do we do that? And I just read to you, Paul said, Paul said, I'm, I, I know who I'm, have, who I'm have, sorry, for I know whom I have believed. I want you to notice that word. He did not say, I know in whom I have believed. He said, I know whom I have believed. What did he say? I believe Jesus. I believe Jesus. If you're here saved this morning, you believe Jesus. And because you believed him, you came into a personal relationship with him. And I'll talk about that in just one minute and we'll be done just real quickly here. But he believed God. What does it mean we believe Jesus? Well, we believe what he said about his, we believe what God said about his son. What did he say? 
This is my beloved son, who I'm well pleased. Hear you him. What did Jesus say? Uh, before Abraham was, I am. He used all of those personal pronouns of God. He is God. He is the second person of the Godhead. He is the God who, who loved you and came and, and was born of a virgin and, and, and lived a perfect life and was crucified on Calvary and uh, went into a grave and three days and three nights later uh, rose from the dead and was seen of over 500 witnesses. So walked the earth for 40 days after that. Paul, listen, what are we believing? We're believing what God says about Jesus. We are believing what Jesus said about himself. What did he say? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I was talking to a man here in town one time a few years ago, and uh, he said, well, I just believe all roads lead to God. Just kind of like there's all these roads that go to Springfield. I believe that all roads lead to God. I said, that'd be wonderful, except the Bible doesn't say that. Jesus said, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. So what are we believing? We're believing what God said about His Son. We are believing what Jesus said about Himself. Thirdly, we believe what God says about us. There is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that doeth good. Right? That's what the word... How many believe that about themselves? Right. Yeah. You say, if you say, I've never sinned, you just did... Because you lied. Watch this. When we believe what God said about Jesus and what Jesus said about himself and what Jesus said about us, when we believe that, the only thing left to do is to repent. Change our mind what we were believing about ourselves, about Jesus, about God. Yeah. Turn the other way. Watch. And approach God personally and tell him, you're right, I'm a sinner. I believe that. I believe that Jesus is the only way. I believe what he did for me is sufficient just like you said. And I want the gift of eternal life. Yeah. You know what the assurance of that good news is? Romans 10, 9 and 10, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou, that's you, thou shalt be saved. We already established something, didn't we? God can't lie. God can't lie. If you would call upon the Lord Jesus Christ, admitting who you are, admitting what he is, listen, he will save you. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ will be applied to your record. Anybody have a record? Don't raise your hand, and I won't raise mine. No. Anybody have a record? You may not have many good things on there, huh? Listen, when you trust in Jesus Christ, you know what happens? Your record goes away, and you get his record. You know what the record of Jesus is? Hold on, listen. Not that he never sinned, but he was never a sinner. That becomes your record. And when the Father looks at you as rotten as you are, as much as a heathen as you are, right? And, as, and everything that's in your life that people don't even know about, He doesn't see any of it. All He sees is the record of Jesus. I love that. Praise the Lord. That could be your record today. It was Miss Barbara's record some 60 years ago. Absolutely. She's safe in the harbor this morning. She's safe there. Why? Because she turned to God, admitted who she was, believed what He said about His Son, 
believed what the sacrifice that was there for her to have, believed that the gift was for her. And she received it and said yes. Yeah. You want to know how good that hope is that we have? You know how good that hope is? In Acts chapter 2, 21, the Bible says, And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Jesus said, All the Father giveth to me shall come unto me. And watch. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. Can I tell you this this morning? If you'd come to Jesus this morning, he will never say no. He will never say no. That is the hope that she has. It's a, you talk about an anchor of the soul. That's an anchor. That is a hope that is an anchor of the soul. Yeah. Can I have every head bowed, every eye closed? Miss Barbara wanted an invitation. And I've got to ask you this morning. If you died today, if you died today, where would your ship arrive? Are you anchored to the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you have a day, a specific day that your mind goes back to? Oh, it may not be a time, it may not be an hour, it might not be uh, June 3rd, whatever the year might be. You might not have that, but you know in the depths of your soul there was a day when you approached God on your own and you approached Him in agreement with Him saying, I am a sinner, I know I deserve hell, and I want I believe Jesus and I want that. I don't know what your words were. The words don't really matter too much. It was a heart. Can anybody in this room, with a raise of your hand, you can say, I know the day that I trusted Jesus. Would you raise your hand just now? Why don't you do that? All over the room, praise the Lord. You know that you know that you know that you know. Amen. You can put your hands down. Nobody's looking around. How many could raise their hands? I've got two more questions. How many could raise their hand and say, you know what, I'm, I, I think I know, but I'm kind of not sure, but I'm just, I just, I don't know, but I've, I kind of really could, just kind of want to know a little better, but I'm not 100% sure. Maybe somebody's in the room here today, this morning and say, maybe I'm 70% sure, maybe I'm 50% sure, I don't know what. If that's you this morning, would you raise your hand? You say, that's me, I just, I, I kind of know, but I just don't really know. Amen. Anybody else? You can put it up and put it down. I won't say anything. I won't point you out. Let me ask this this morning. Maybe there's somebody in here this morning that says this. I know, I know that I know I have never put my faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that I am a sinner. I know it, I know it, I know it. I know it for sure and I've never been saved. Anybody like that? You can raise your hand this morning. You can raise your hand this morning. Go ahead, you can put it up, put it down. I I won't come to you. You know that you've never been born again. Can I tell you this morning, if you would come this morning, we have people trained in the Bible. They could, they could take, you, take the Bible and they could show you this morning how you can know for certain that when you die, that when you die, that your anchor has been, your anchor has been set in heaven and you will come in safely into the harbor and you'll be in with, with the Lord Jesus Christ. You can know that for sure this morning. I would, I would ask you, we're going we're gonna to have a, uh, just a song of invitation. 
I would ask you this morning that you come. You come this morning and we'll, show, we'll give you, bring you to somebody that can show you how you can know. Why don't we stand this morning? Would you please stand with me? Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the hope that we have, that strong consolation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray this morning the conviction of the Holy Spirit that there, if there's one here that is not born again, they, 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 maybe they couldn't raise their hand, but they know it. They know in the depth of their soul. And your spirit is convicting them this morning. They know they need to get saved before it's too late. Father, would you do that work this morning? And we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. The instrument's going to play. And uh, if that is you this morning, you can stand with your heads bowed and eyes closed. If that's you this morning, would you make your way to the front and we'll have somebody and they can show you how you can know. You can just stand where you are. If you're saved, would you be in prayer? There are those that need to be saved. You just be in prayer. you never got to come with your friend or mother or grandmother to church, you did today. <laughs> this is what she put up with for so, several years. She did. And uh, so thankful for that. If you need to see me later, please do. Don't put it off. Do not put it off. We'll show you how you can know that you can be in Christ Jesus and be born again. Have all of your sins forgiven and be made new. We can show you that. I'm going to let me close in prayer, and that would be wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to ask Brother Davidson. I didn't ask him before, but I'm going to ask if Brother Davidson can hear me, if he would come and close in a word of prayer this morning. It might take him a second to find his way up here if he's back there. Is Brother Davidson back there? Sorry, I hadn't mentioned it to him. I just ask if you'd close us in a word of prayer. I I'd, I'd forgot to say anything to him, so...